Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Right. It is the height of pollen season, which means I would very much like to go hibernate for about three months. Uh, but I can't because I have to stay up today to watch, uh, it's Sunday as we're recording this, uh, to watch four and a half hours of TV and movies that I think will destroy me emotionally. Uh, so uh, let's let's keep it on the lighter side uh today and, and talk about npr and donald trump oh yeah so uh i mean obviously you're you're referring to to end game uh, of the avengers variety and yes the game of thrones episode three which will get a name that we don't know we just know that it's going to be number 70 correct at, at this point um <clears throat> and they will forge what what is avengers Endgame rated by the way oh i'm sure it's pg-13 all okay. of those movies are so it's it's PG thirteen, um, HBO. Uh, you know, kind of you can hide behind that wall because you paid for it to get right. there. But um, uh, you know, Max, if if you'll if you'll recall, um, some number of weeks ago, a a we could call it a less than flattering though accurate report of the current administration of the United United States presidency um, came out, and I believe that the president had some used a particular word to describe uh, what he felt about the report. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, was was there a particular phrase? You know, kind of the phrase that pays, as you will. I think he said that the report was bullsh, but he he actually said the he said um the real <laughs> he called uh, it bullshit. Yeah. Oh, he called it bullshit. But who didn't call? Who didn't quote him uh, on that? Well, so so this is what I was referring to. NPR. I don't know whether it was like a press release or somebody tweeted about it or something. Uh, but NPR's stated policy uh, on on talking about that occurrence was that they were going to do what Max did, where they would not actually say the term itself. They would say BS, but they instructed their on-air hosts and reporters to to make it clear that the president didn't say BS. Um, And and I know that that, that's something that uh, reeks of censorship, and it ties into something that we've maybe been kind of planning to talk about on the pod for a long time, but too <laughs> too lazy to put in the research to get prepared. Yeah. Um, but let's just at the top, so we can dispense with this as a reason and move on to possible other reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that they almost certainly did this because the FCC prohibits the use of curse words on the radio uh, outside of what they call safe harbor hours, which are 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., yeah. So, um, the fines for it, it would be fined for obscenity, and the obscenity fines from the FCC are staggering. They are very, yes. very high, um, and more, most importantly, perhaps uh, they are triggered when someone reports a complaint to the FCC. So you have to imagine that there would be like a very, very high possibility that. Uh, 
that fans of the president would uh, go, uh, as the Carters would say, apeshit. Um, <laughs> reporting, uh, you, you, you don't mean President Jimmy Carter, I, by I, the way. I do not. Um, I mean the real president, Mrs. Carter. Um, yeah. As they do every year during the Super Bowl halftime show, when someone bear uh, dares to reveal that they they have a body that is not stuffed into seven parkas. Um, so, so that is almost certainly the reason why NPR decided that they weren't going to say bullshit on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you're, you're, you mentioned a point too. It's the FCC. So that also does bleed over to TV. So Adam Levine, I'm sure will, you know, someone will get fined because of his bearing his, his test and his chest and tattoos, his, his test. Um, yeah. So I, I think that this, um, you know, this this particular instance bugged me, and I'm not like mad at NPR, which you guys kind of asked me about before. And I'm not I'm not mad at NPR, but the thing that is really unfortunate here is that you cannot accurately represent the the statements, the actual statements of a of a sitting official because of these 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 rules and then there's also this on top of it um and i hope we get to this a, a little bit which is uh just the you don't say the word you don't say the action but you kind of let people's minds run into what it is and here it seems a little less um you know comparatively innocent and to, as compared to other things but this kind of leading you on into to what was said or what happens goes in all time instead of instead of showing whatever was was actually going on and and i think curse words are, are interesting too I, I would i've been thinking about this for a while and the, and the thought that i would kind of start this whole thing off with uh is that you know one of the most natural of human desires is 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 sex and if people are you know fortunate in their lives um they will they will go after this this human desire and also you know what a lot of people do all the time they curse it's just a thing it's it's not what? it's not it's not the best way to express yourself but you know at the end of the day which is a phrase i'm trying not to use because i hear, hear it all the time uh people have sex and curse in their lives and sometimes people even take drugs and they can do it pretty innocuously but when I turn on the TV, the thing I see all the time and doesn't seem to be as censored, uh, be it in Safe Harbor hours or not, is I'll turn on Law and Order. I don't actually do that, but I could. <laughs> and there are guns and shooting and stuff everywhere, but no one's cursing or having sex. And I don't understand it. Um, and, and we'll get into this, but this this really goes back to to Tipper Gore and Darling Nikki. But no, I'm it doesn't. Stop. Here, here's the thing, though. No. It doesn't. It goes back way, way farther than that. Um, it it goes. I mean, e even if we're gonna look just like not that long before that, it goes mm -hmm. to horror movies, which you know, I would say if you choose to look at them a certain way, satirize the idea of, uh, or often satirize the idea of sex as being some sort of taboo awful thing that like mm -hmm. you know when the uh the the attractive young virgin teenager gives up her virginity she's the one who dies as a result of it i mean it follows is all about this but it follows yeah. is from 2014 not from yeah the 70s and, and 80s. it follows and it follows deals with it and uh a more uh 
there's a nuance there and then there's kind of i think a, a deeper meaning to it what what you're more when you say that i think more about uh like nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th mm-hmm. movies which are really about like premarital sex will kill you right um and yeah, I, I think that we are particularly in, – in doing some research for this, I think we are particularly of an age where this stuff all comes together because we are post-Satanic Panic. But the 1990s was when um, uh, the explicit lyric stickers really yes. came into into being. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, I was going to – I really wanted to ask this question of Max. Uh, and uh, so Max – you were the only one of the three of us who has an older sibling um, who is a couple years older than, than me, I think. But do you, do you remember, I think music, especially, do you remember being introduced to music and by extension, some of these, uh, you know, uh, less innocent um, themes in the music from, from your brother? Did you like inherit that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I could definitely, I definitely got, um, exposed to uh, explicit music that, like me and my friends, maybe weren't weren't being allowed to listen to at the time. Mm-hmm. And do you think that so that explicit lyric sticker? I know I looked at it even as the oldest child as oh, there's something there that I'm not supposed to know about, and so it is more interesting than if that right, sticker. So I want to know about it. Yeah. So did you kind of did that bleed over into your brother is this font of knowledge for things that maybe you're not supposed to know? I mean, movies as well, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And video games, too, Um, because I couldn't play those, you know, M-rated video games, but (laughs) he had his his hands on them and and I could get them. Yeah. And I think that I I think that ultimately and, and another thing that we are, you know, Cursing, obviously, in in music and the you know mention of drug use, violence in in video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing, as far as the I have I have the four categories here, which is drugs, cursing, violence, and then sex. And for the sex one, I think that we are also of that age where this idea of abstinence only sex education uh, comes into play as well. As as far as this the censorship and i i wrote down here just a, a note you know what what kind of comes with this sometimes well uh there's a bunch of reporting in may of 2015 because there was a chlamydia outbreak in texas that was so bad they had to close the school district it was a no it was an abstinence only sex education district and i, I guess Imagine i that. guess what I, I guess what i'm trying to say or ask max is if if there wasn't you know if you didn't have an older brother or you you know you had a twin brother instead let's assume that your brother still exists cuz i think that's nice um or there wasn't this this explicit sticker do you think that that changes your or there wasn't m ratings all the games were just reason do you think that changes your affinity or interest in those those items oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. i definitely think there's a draw to the, i mean it's it's curiosity right it's natural mm-hmm. to to want to figure out what's what's behind that sticker well, it's all very um, Streisand effect. Your parents put, you know, the the parents <laughs> said, uh, we must put the the parental advisory sticker on these records so that we can keep them away from our kids. And so the kids said, oh, I want to listen to that shit. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, the more the more you try to draw attention away from something, the more you draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I was suggesting that this goes back even farther than all of that. 
you yeah. know, he pierced you. <laughs> in, our, in our conversations in, in life, you love to talk about our, our puritanical society. Yes. Well, that's why we have Max here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our roots to the old country. Yes. Uh, I mean, so it, it just, just on that, and uh, I can... I believe it's called Founding Nations. I'll, I'll check in a second. But there, there is a wonderful book that I've read most of. But I, I read the important parts for this, which is, you know, America is all these different nations, and they're kind of uh, founded by different people. And you've got the Puritans, and then you've got, and we're focusing on the Puritans here because just the way that their towns interact, and and how you're in your each other's neighbor's business, and you think it's good, but really you end up being in each other's business. And from that, you kind of create this community of of like you decide what is appropriate behavior, um, and and that is very much a, a puritanical thing from from just historical purposes. And so, uh, I mean, one one thing that you you kind of mentioned there with the Streisand effect is it has been said by the community that this is bad and you shouldn't, you shouldn't look at it. Don't look at it. One thing that is missed in that is, is kind of the, the, the ultimate way that, that you could not make it community wide and small. Uh, and when I was doing some research on this with like the parents music resource center uh, is, is that uh, they, they kind of took the, the part where a parent listens to music, ahead of time or does their own research and then says don't listen to that and don't have to explain it at all but um they as opposed and so they put it out in the open instead of the parent just owns it themselves and keeps it in their household yeah and so you mentioned the role of active parenting in this and and it's funny i I think the first time we talked about discussing censorship and and that sort of stuff on the podcast. It was a result of a Stuff You Should Know episode about the PMRC, which was the crusade led by Tipper Gore to uh, essentially bully the recording industry into labeling music as explicit. And they famously had this list of the filthy 15, for what yes. they deemed to be the 15 uh, most heinously offensive songs uh, mm-hmm. you know, out on a record today. Uh, but they also they had this series of of highly publicized congressional hearings, yes, uh, and they kind of thought that uh, you know musicians were these uh, you know dumb yokels in a lot of ways mm-hmm. who wouldn't be able to uh, defend their points, and instead the people they they put on the stand were Frank Zappa, John Denver, and Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, who. Yes made a really compelling statement about, you know, uh, the role of, you know, censorship or, or deciding what is or isn't appropriate for children really needs to be a case-by-case thing handled by the parents of those children. Yes. Uh, and, and he gave an interview with Rolling Stone a few years ago, I want to say for maybe 30 years after the PMRC hearings, and said he stood by everything he said. Uh, I actually got got a little little quotey poo. Uh, as a parent, I monitored what my kids listened to. When my kids wanted to listen to Eminem, I listened to the album and talked about it with my kids and used it as a forum for discussion. And I practiced self-censorship. When my family got into Tenacious D, the first album, including my little daughter, who was only eight, I made a special tape for her without the song Fuck Her Gently on it because she wasn't ready for it. 
but she listened to Wonder Boy and the other songs her brothers were listening to. It's hands-on parenting, and that's everything I stood for. Like, that is how you handle this. Yeah, well, Dee Snyder sounds like a good parent, and not everyone right. is fortunate enough to have a good parent. That's, and I, I, say, I say that I say that seriously. And in some cases, uh, and Vox did a really great video on this, and it's a twenty-minute video, but is worth every moment. Um, and there's 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 a guy on there, and, and toward the end, uh, he 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 mentions that. The frightening thing is is not like you deciding as a parent, my kid listens to this or that. That's parenting. I get that. It's when you give you give over that that decision to other people that are outside of you, whether you call that the community or whatever. So, I mean, this this is what happened. Or worse, you know, the other side of yeah. that is you decide that you should be making that choice for other people. Yes, yes, and that is that is, and it's not it's not to. To point fingers in a negative way, though, it inherently is. That is really, a, I think, a puritanical idea. And I, I get it. That, that is historically something that that America has already always done. But uh, it's also pointed out in the video, in this particular instance, what maybe started the, you know, the road to the explicit lyric sticker is um, Darling Nikki, which is off uh, of, uh, of, of, you know, a just a brilliant Prince song. Um, uh, Tipper Gore went and bought it. The lyrics are on the album of what is in Darling, Darling Nikki, where she masturbates in a, in a lobby, um, which I would point out uh, parenthetically is just an observation. If you see somebody doing that, you put it in the song. <laughs> the lyrics were on the album. It is an R-rated – it is from an R-rated film, not Avengers, <laughs> which is PG-13 at least. So all the violence is not not real. There's like no blood or whatever. And then she didn't preview it. She just played it for her kids. So, you know, I'm not telling Tipper That's, Gore how to parent. I, but No, you know what? I'll tell Tipper Gore how to parent. Okay. You did it All wrong. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's – that's part of it here is it's kind of like the, the reviews for the restaurant online is is you <laughs> you only review it when you have a bad time. And so instead of all the other parents who actually are thoughtful and like D. Snyder here, we got somebody who all of a sudden becomes culture worry uh, about a time when they probably should have done things slightly differently. And um, now we've got this uh, – another point that was made is – what happens with this is it does change the art. It does change the consumer behavior. I mean, at that time, Walmart was the biggest seller of music and they didn't want explicit yeah. stickers. I mean, you both remember the clean lyrics albums, which, which oh, we were yes. all, we all got and they would change the covers. They would take out songs <laughs> entirely. I, I mean, Max, do you have a, you know, we're older now and also you, you two were better with computers than me. So you could just torrent whatever you wanted. I mean, what? Uh, but, is that a concern, Max? As someone who I know, you know, played a little music, has an appreciation for it in your household as well. Did, did you ever think about that? Which is this affects the art of these people by mangling it for, I guess, these, you know, community uh, themes that we want to uphold or whatever. Um, I don't know that I ever really considered that, but I also probably had access to the explicit versions of of whatever of those music that I that I wanted. Mm-hmm. via both the older brother and that that wasn't necessarily the the hill that my parents stood on as as parents in terms of censorship what i probably shouldn't have had access to was grand theft auto 3 when i was nine <laughs> um <laughs> that no, was awesome now and now now that why was is actually that? through i got it through my older brother who got it through our neighbor uh, who at the time was probably 
I was nine, so my brother was 12, so our neighbor would have been 14, and so we were playing it together with the three of us. <laughs> now, enlighten me as someone who didn't play video games, and, and I have to add, you know, as a as a great assault to all of this, was a fairly sheltered child. Um, explain to me why Grand Theft Auto 3 is not something a nine-year-old should be playing. Well, on top of the fact that it already has all of the explicit music that you're already talking about in it, yeah. Um, yeah. it is it is centered around uh, extreme violence and um, bizarre cartoon sex. And bizarre cartoon sex, yeah. It's just sort of a lewd game in general. Can beat up <sighs> hookers and things and yeah. all that kind of stuff that nine-year-olds, you know, uh, me. There are hookers are. in the game. Like, nine might be a little... Like, sex work is real work, but nine might be a mm-hmm. little too young to be learning about hookers. Well, and and the thing also you, don't the call you, them hookers. That's that's really yeah difficult. yeah. We we're 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 working on that as as a society. I mean that that should be their sex workers. Yeah, that's it's work. Um, yeah. I mean the thing you mentioned there is is okay. There's the music. There's the cursing. And there's there is sex. There are probably drugs. Those are things that people honestly deal with in their their daily lives. I get that, but. Then there's the the human to human violence part, and that's in the game. And I I feel like, you know, on it's not like on the radio as we talked about earlier, or on the television programs. It's not like we're taking out the violence, but that is just not something that I deal with in my day to day life. So it just seems very strange to me that 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 is the part that is in some ways the least censored. Yeah, you know. I think that also depends on the context because I actually think that, you know, considering the PMRC and the the ongoing scrutiny and, and certainly the scrutiny that happened after Columbine, um, in music, I would actually say that violence is probably the most censored thing besides That's... the besides, you know, language itself. Um uh, so I, well. But it, it certainly in terms of like visual media, and so that mm-hmm. that makes it interesting that violence is something that we we get very uh, we get very squeamish about as a society in in, uh, in an audio context. But for visual media, that seems to be the thing that we let slide the most. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure why, but I don't know. I think my my stance is is the D Snyder stance. It's the, you, you just, if you're worried about kids, you need to be worried about your kids and, and do the legwork to, you know, to, if you want to prevent your kids from seeing something, do what you need to do to prevent that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, also know that whether it's older siblings or neighbors or whether it's, you know, friends from school whose parents have uh, different standards on on what they want to prevent their kids from seeing. You know, like I, I certainly, I would say that I tended when I was young a little more towards the sheltered side as well. Yeah. Um, but I had friends who whose parents let them watch like South Park and The Simpsons and things on Adult Swim, and so like. There's a certain extent to which even even when you as a parent do all the right things, so to speak, like kids are going to get into stuff, you know, they're going to find a way to get into it regardless. So it's yeah. just you can't 
I think it's really important to not take like a puritanical crackdown stance. It's important to like talk to your kids about what they're experiencing yeah. in culture and entertainment. Yeah. You know? And 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 on that point I would I in in a article from nineteen ninety in the LA Times called The Target is Rock. Um, one of the one of the the people that's interviewed is Janice Brewer of Arizona, who was the future governor, and and she talks about I don't know how genuine it was, but it stuck out to me, which is censorship versus pro information. Um, you know, censorship is saying no, you cannot express this. Pro information is saying I'm letting you know, as a parent or a, as a friend or a, a neighbor, that this is you're going to get into topics like sex and drugs and cursing and violence, um, and. I think this, you know, with D. Snyder versus, you know, whoever else, and or there, the the pro information thing is, I think, important because the question that I ultimately have with all of this is, what what does abstinence solve? And I don't just mean, I don't know, if, I don't think abstinence is specific to sex. I think you can use the term across the board, but what it, abstinence from drug use and cursing and and violence and and sex, what what does that solve? I mean, I think of in the last year or so. Uh, Logic, the the artist releasing the the song that the title is the is the suicide prevention hotline, um, I I believe mm-hmm. um, these are things that are uh, that's really important and being that is something that I think is pro information. Hey, we're going to talk about this, and I want people to know. And I think that there are ways to talk about these different things, like hey, you know, don't don't curse at people. Um, you know, here's here's how it works, but you know, don't do that. People use drugs, but understand what it's like, what the consequences are. I mean, I almost think of a cool parent versus the non-cool parent. And the cool parent is the one that, that kind of lets their kids drink. But there, there are bad things about that. But what that kind of says to me is that someone who's pro-information is saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to supervise you. You're going to probably figure out that this your head's going to hurt tomorrow morning. But I am the cool parent in part because I am not going full-on abstinence and helping you along the way. And – I'm hopeful that we're in a better environment now, as, as you just mentioned about their, their sex workers, um, being more mindful of let's actually talk about these things than just censor these things. Well, and so that gets into some complicated stuff, too, where, you know, uh, where, you know, that that fun thing happens where laws and policies have unintended consequences and, you know, the uh, Congress passed a law about, uh, you know, that the the goal of which was to take away avenues for potential human trafficking. And one of the things that it did was it shut down Backpage.com and yes. Craigslist personal sections, which were places where sex workers made their connections. And just as importantly, it was a a way for them to be able to <clears throat> to vet people uh, and, and communicate with each other. And so now, in a lot of ways, what's happened is that that attempt to do one thing has the unintended consequence of making life more difficult and more dangerous for sex workers. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I – yeah, I, to, and to that point, just the other day, uh, George McDonald of Camp Cope, who is, uh, you know, one of, one of the brighter lights that, that we have about speaking your mind and being empowering, yeah. um, uh, like quoted a tweet that said, the, 
the problem with sex work is people's attitudes towards sex work. It yes. is stuff like Grand Theft Auto 3 and uh, with beating up sex workers and uh, the what you're talking about here, which is there is not an infrastructure in place to keep these people safe. To be and, fair to Grand Theft Auto, you can beat up anyone. There just happen to be sex workers <laughs> in the under, game. You could absolutely I, play it in God. such a way where you choose to only beat up politicians oh and God. leave the sex workers alone. <laughs> well, it's not a good idea to beat up anyone. I guess I should put a, a, a big period on that. But as Sean points out, there is not an infrastructure in place for these people who are doing – you know, th- that are doing a job such that they are safe in the same way that we have, you know, the, the things you see in your office every day that are like, if you get hurt on the job, here's what happens. They don't have that. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to this, you know, no, no sex or drugs because they're really dangerous and we don't know how they actually work in some ways. Yeah. On the TV. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, the people when, when, uh, prostitution stings happen the people that end up getting hurt the most are the prostitutes not the people who are <laughs> are paying you know uh who are, are paying the prostitutes and, and that's a problem uh, I just certainly not the uh certainly not the owners of football teams oh oh, oh boy um no we are not going to be the podcast about wrinkly old hand jobs um, we will not yeah i just I, it's it's a fascinating history that really goes all the way back for us, which is this yeah. um, this this effort to control what people consume, and what sucks. And I I you know, I use that word um, not very elegantly, but what sucks is we start out talking about NPR, and that is a news organization. And it's one thing where you censor art. People have been censoring art, I think, since the beginning of time. Yeah. Uh, but to censor the truth, <laughs> then we get into problems. But you know, there are other podcasts to talk to talk to you about that that current moment. So. Yeah. Uh, yes. Not not a politics podcast here. Um, okay. Uh, I think I think I have said my piece on this multiple times now. Anybody else have any final thoughts they want to chip in before we move on? Max, any other video games to educate the youth? Stick to Nintendo. Nice. <laughs> there you go. That's um, parenting. All right. Well, if you have thoughts about censorship, uh, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and tell us about it. All right. We will move on now, uh, as we do, to Pierce is sorry. What are you apologizing for today? Um. Last Sunday was Easter. And one thing that is common for Easter is eating ham, which is, uh, as, as list, you know, hardcore listeners know, is an infinity food of mine, <laughs> at least like the, the spiral cut ham. And as I've been eating ham for the last week, I stand by that statement, which is exactly why I, I suggested lamb and then got pushed back and said, no, we're having ham. Um, but I would suggest, you know, you two very quickly as, as I'm going over this, look up the, uh, the delicacy called ham salad. I I I come from below the Mason Dixon line. I know what fucking ham salad is. <laughs> so I was I was recounting to to someone on on the gram the other day, uh, Instagram. Uh, they had a bunch of ham and they wanted to to. They were like, "Oh, what can I make with it?" And I said, 
you know, half jokingly said, well, you know, if you really get desperate and you've got ham leftover, you should, you should make ham salad. Um, I've had it before. And then I went back and looked at it and they were kind of like, no, which is a reasonable response. And I went <laughs> back and looked at it and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm apologizing for that. I shouldn't have shared with anyone that I had had ham salad before uh, or, or better yet that I enjoyed it because I looked at it and I remember liking it. And it's got some things that I like, but I'm just horrified at the, the them being together because it is essentially ham, really small, almost – I saw some instances where it's pureed. Mine was more diced very finely. And then it's got yeah, – Max is nodding. He's he's from that area of the world because the next one will – it's also got mayonnaise and pickles in it. So pureed ham with mayonnaise and pickles in it is like the first thing. So it's basically a spread. <laughs> um, it almost looks like ham mousse, which – is it is it tasty? Yes, but we're better than that, okay? Are we? We, we are better than that. And what do you put that on? Don't answer that question because it's gonna it's gonna get really like toast do you points. put it do you toast points or do you do you put it in the celery like the in the the, like the valley in this yeah ants in a log black I don't know with black olives <laughs> pigs in a coffin <laughs> what you call that uh uh what do you, what do you, what do you call it when you have the open the 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 open <laughs> coffin the open situation. casket funeral. Yeah, <laughs> pigs in an open casket. I think you just put it on your toothbrush and then you just. <laughs> oh, all right, I, we gotta put anyway, a stop Anyways, to this. so so like you know, I, I'm not here to to make you abstain from things, but be pro information about ham salad. That's all I'm trying to do here. So, oh um, you know, don't don't bestow that upon your <laughs> your your comrades and such. But yeah, that's, your watch Lord. out for ham salad. Oh wow, that was uh, that was something else. Uh, okay, uh, it is time, as as we do every week, to close the show with a big idea for pop culture. And I'm sure I've got some things that I could talk about. But uh, Max, you you went to an event. Uh, yes, <laughs> I did. I think you should tell us about it. Yeah, please. Sure. So yesterday evening, I went to um, the Empire Strips Back, a burlesque parody. At the Orpheum Theater in Boston. Ooh. Uh, yes. Um, I had never been to a burlesque show before. Uh, we received the tickets for free. We did not pay for the tickets. And it was uh, interesting. There were some, uh, some uncensored boobies <laughs> and other women's parts. Uh, and men's as well. That's good. Equal um, opportunity. Yeah. Free, I, free I, the nipple, as they say. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would love if you asked me some questions about it because I honestly don't even know what to say or how to describe it. It was something I'll never see again. There was a lot of hooting and hollering from the crowd <laughs> as women dressed up as stormtroopers took their clothing off. Um, uh, do, now, when you say you'll never see that again, do you mean you saw it and did not enjoy it and thus do not want to see it again, or like it was a particularly unique experience that you don't think you'll be able to replicate? I'm convinced of the latter. I don't think I can replicate the uniqueness of that experience. Fair. Because because I've never been to burlesque before and I don't currently have any tickets lined up to go to one, do you think that the nudity enhanced the – like, was it – did that make it funnier? If, if the point was it for to be comedic, did it make it funnier or was it just, oh, also these people are naked? Uh, you did tell us about one instance where it probably did. Well, yeah, but that was kind of the whole thing. Like, there isn't any 
talking or anything. It's literally just like dancing to music and stripping. Oh, yeah. So it's this is what I'm mini strip about. performances. What is mm-hmm. the music? Um, is it like what what you might typically think of as like burlesque music, like kind of jazzy, or um, is it John Williams? I think it opened up to a a young woman dressed as Luke Skywalker with a with a um oh I forget what it's called the little um star cruiser thing and um and it started playing Katy Perry and she stripped and washed it with a sponge and there was water everywhere uh, that and then That's um interesting there was a part where P- Princess Leia was with uh R two D two and she was saying you know help me Obi Wan Kenobi you're my only hope and then some. Some very loud pop music came on, and she started stripping, and, and money started shooting out of the R2-D2 unit. Um, it was wildly amusing, really. I, Technology I is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I explained earlier there was a part where the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine, came out, and there were boos from the crowd. And, you know, he was getting interested in saying, you want to see my shoulder? You want to see my other shoulder? Until, you know, fast forward a few minutes, and Emperor Palpatine is uh, 100% naked wearing some kind of weird white skin suit thing with a a lot of dangly bits um riding a large shiny uh death star to miley cyrus's wrecking ball oh wow you can't unsee that that's 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 really cool that's burned into my eyes um that's kind of what i meant by uh, you know so i don't think that's traditional burlesque but um, i I don't well i don't know that it's not solo stripping um, with and, and Chewbacca making a lot of sexual references towards Han Solo in some kind of weird, maybe I, I well, I, I'm not sure what what sex Chewbacca is, but definitely some bestiality going on there. Um, oh, God. Yeah, Anton and Scalia is turning in his grave. Yes, and a C th- and a woman dressed as C-3PO um, being totally undressed by two of the little. Um, those sand, the sand people. What are they? Um, the Jawas. Yeah, the Jawas. There were two Jawas, and they were they were one by one taking pieces of of um, you know golden plate armor off of C three PO until you had a a just a naked human woman. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad to see that that uh, you know the puritanical uh, foundations of Boston are being fought left and right. Um, speaking of fighting the empire right Um, so that's right good for the rebels well i'm glad that you had by far the most unique experience of the three of us over the last week um that is the end of the show you can find us on facebook and twitter at pretty okay pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com you can subscribe to our show feed on your device and your podcast app of choice you'll get our episodes every tuesday if you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or tell a friend about the show. We would love to share what we're doing with them as well. Um, assuming that I am not crushed into nothingness by Endgame and Game of Thrones, uh, we will be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.